Dungeon Leap, The Leap of Horrors. To remember who you are, you must become someone new. But if you fail to play the part, the end will come for you. Now, Leap! Okay, welcome back to Dungeon Leap. This is part two of Leap into the Mouth of the Great Green Devil. Leap has jumped into the village of Chicken, where the great adventurer Natalie the Ranger has discovered a tomb of horrors. Unfortunately, Leap has not landed in the body of brave and powerful Natalie the Ranger. He's landed in the body of Jiminy the village doofus, whose best friends, Dudabro and Brosif, are more concerned with their town crier morning show than with adventuring. But a vision of a floating fairy has been leading Leap towards this tomb. So we're going to dive in in a minute and figure out how Brosif and Dudabro and, of course, Leap in the body of Jim manage this situation. Before we get into that, let's check in with our players. Let's find out what's going on with their characters. So we'll start with, um, let's start with our uh, two morning town crier personalities, Dudabro and Brosif. So hello to Tom. Got a morg, and uh, welcome to all you dreamers and creamers out there. It's Dudabro and Brosif in the morning. Dreamers and creamers. Good morning, and good morning, I suppose, to Brad as well. Hey, Brad. Hey, I'm one of the creamers. Um... <laughs> the creamiest. <laughs> Lewis Road Creamery over here. Um, yeah, now I'm Brosif. And I'm ready to get stupid. What is going through Brosif's head at the moment? What are like, actually catch us up? What is Brosif doing? Where, where are we going to be finding you when we start playing in a minute? And uh, what is what is going through his head? What's he most concerned about or worried about? Yeah, so Brosif's got three main concerns um, going through his head right now. One is he's annoyed that his uh, his big sister Natalie is back in town and is being hailed as such a hero. She's always, um, that's always gotten on his nerves a little bit. He's always lived in her shadow. Uh, and whenever she's out of town, he feels like he's a big man. And then she comes back and he feels like nothing. Um, he's also very proud of Dudabro for, for um, stepping up to the morning show and, and being um, like a, his idol, his, his um, morning radio idol. Uh, and he's also, and now he's got a third thing of he's worried about his his friend uh, Dumb Jim, who's just wandered off into this unknowable tomb of horrors, and he has to um, go and find it. And so, where we find him, he's actually tried to rush uh, an ending to the morning show with Dudabro, so they can head out to the forest and then out to the 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 devil mouth, the green devil mouth, to try and intercept or recover. Uh, dumb Jim, before it's too Brilliant. late. Brilliant, fantastic. All right, Tom, how's how's Dudabro's, um vibe as all of this is unfolding? I think Dudabro's a bit annoyed that he got scooped by the guy he was supposed to be doing a segment on. Uh, <laughs> so originally, a big a Dumb Jim was supposed to just save a, I think, save a chicken, uh, and instead he's going to go into the green green mouth, and that's kind of one up to his own thing. And that looks pretty dumb in front of Jen, uh, Dudabro's rival and other morning show. Uh, uh, he's also, yeah, he's, um, you know, 
Keep an eye on Brosif, who seems a little bit out of sorts with his sister in town. He always seems a little bit down, and uh, that's not good for the old um, morning show vibes. You want to have that kind of that Fletch and Vaughn pep. Uh, and um, Dumb Jim, I think he's just annoyed at Dumb Jim. I feel like this isn't the first time that Dumb Jim's gone off to do this kind of thing, like, you know, deciding to go and, I don't know, uh, bite a werewolf bank or something like that, or, you know, uh, try to deva- That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> try to devein a vampire just because that's what you do with, uh, with uh, shrimp, so maybe that's how to kill a vampire, you know, that kind of thing. Sounds good. Okay, well, um, I want to check in with Joseph and Dadabro in just okay. a moment. I think we will start with our um, attention directed towards the individual who is walking into the darkness as, as we last saw him. Uh, leap in the body of dumb Jim, played by Stephen. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thank you. I'm well, thanks, Morg. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. So catch us up. What's going on? What's going on with Leap right now? Uh, Leap's, I mean, this is his, his second um, adventure that at least to his knowledge, um, and certainly to my knowledge <laughs> at this stage. Um, and, and so he doesn't really know what the what the script is. Um, so he's, he's sort of, last time it was get to the adventure and save the day. Um, and so he thinks, right, well, there's a Tomb of Horrors. Clearly, this is the thing that I'm here for. Um, just going to get it done because I just want to get this. I, he, I think Leap's just like, I'm, I'm here. This is the thing that I have to do. I'm just going to do it so I don't have to stick around in places I don't need to be for very long. Um, he's very much about the destination, not about the friends he made along the way, I think, is how he's feeling at the moment. But also kind of, <clears throat> I think he's also feeling a bit invincible. like. That, that he can't die because he'd just leap. I think that's a th- it's a working theory, but it's like if I've been put into the spot, then I'm either going to die or I'm not. And actually, probably just end up. There's a bigger plan for me, so I, you know, like I think he's, I think leaps just like well, Tomb of Horrors. All right, give it a crack. All right. Well, let's, feel it too, let's find um, it there. It's uh, yeah. early morning early morning and you are standing in front of the great green devil face um about to move into the darkness to um step into the shadows and it's it's circular mouth that leads into this this tomb this horrible place that natalie has warned you about and um obviously it's very very dark in there so um what are you what are you going to be doing so you can see where you are going yeah so um I don't know for sure that I said I had no equipment with me last time, but this time I we will make sure that I, you know, knowing that you're going into a, a cave, it would be stupid to not have something. So, so um, <clears throat> uh, leap, say, uh, dumb Jim has a torch with a couple of spare rods. These are just sticks with the bits of fabric on them. It's not fancy, um, you know, with some kind of gasoline or something on it. Got a, he's going to light a torch. Uh, he's also got with him a. Um, like a, a a short sword and a dagger, um, and that he um, acquired um, for this particular mission um, mm-hmm. or adventure, as it were, um, because one does not simply walk into a tomb of horrors unarmed. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, so, so where where did um, a short sword come from? It's um, I can imagine Jim putting his hands on a dagger pretty easily, but 
It, it started out as a longsword. Uh... <laughs> In my head, it started out as a longsword, but no, that's a bit too much. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, they will, say I'm he willing. carved it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a cardboard cutter. Uh, it's, a, it's a short sword. That, um, actually, so he was wandering around the village a little bit before sunrise, um, peeking in through windows to see if he could see any easy access win, uh, weapons. Um, for whatever reason, Leap can't fathom. There are no weapons inside uh, Dungeon's house, except for a, a, um, a, a short dagger, which I think he probably uses to cut cheese or small animals. To... Yeah, exactly. Um, so he wandered around and um, found, let's say, a guard station and a, a quickly unattended, briefly unattended guard station with a short sword on the on the disc or un, yeah. un, sort of under the disc with like loosely strapped on for like a much like a shopkeeper might have a baseball bat nice uh, so the village of chicken is a is a pretty small village mm. so this um would be kind of the the center of um kind of protection and security for uh all of chicken in here and is completely unattended on account of the revelry that happened last night yeah. um there might be someone snoring from a, a side room um the guys so, are yeah, I think, I think what I'm going to do is, is call for you to give me a stealth roll, a dexterity stealth roll, just to reflect on how this, this mission goes. Because, of course, sure. the village of Chicken has lots of chicken underfoot at all times. There are, there are um, everywhere, and all of the locals are very accustomed to kind of maneuvering around these moving chickens that weave in and out of their feet. Um, but you are not a local, so um, let's, see, let's see how you go. So I uh, rolled a nine unmodified. Okay. Um, Excellent. Um, so you're, you sure have no particular any... bonus or penalty in, in regards to stealth. Um, Stephen, of course, can't see the character sheet for uh, Jim, um, but you've, you've got plus zero. You've got no proficiency. So what was that, what was that roll that you made again? Nine. Nine. Okay. So upside not... down six. It's not the best role that you could have made. Um, it's also not the worst, given the current circumstances. There are eight um, worst roles. <laughs> I think um, you you manage to break something as you are uh, leaving the the secure room. Um, I think you trip over a chicken and you fall over and as you're falling you're going to smash something what is it that you smash as you fall i smash a snow globe <laughs> and it's and it's a snow globe of like a holiday destination that the security guard has clearly wanted to go to for a while it's like it's, it's a sort of like retirement thing um oh, and there's just like a note on the bottom that just says one day oh. and it's just it's just um yeah smashed <laughs> And then next to it, unsmashed, is another snow globe with just a kid's sled inside of it. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Um, so, sword acquired, uh, some disruption left behind. You um, light your torch, you have your sword, you step into the darkness, and let's cut over to our uh, um, friends in the morning um, who have just been... Uh, taking in the situation and making your excuses to to um, get out of your show, and you hear a, a yell coming from the watch house. 
My globe! My snow globe! It's broken! My snow globe is broken! <laughs> Five alarms go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Air raid sirens it immediately off. starts drawing attention chickens start um like flapping and jumping at the at the disruption oh god, my god that would have been an awesome story if it had happened 10 minutes ago we could have said it on the show there's absolutely news. absolutely no way in the world i could have got the copy ready in time you're absolutely right bros what an absolute calamity of timing uh and unfortunately uh simply don't have the time to deal with it now that we're going to go all the way up to the uh to the green face gosh it looks like a great story though we're gonna rescue dumb jim before natalie goes because if she goes she'll like save him all on her own and he'll be safe and no one will be harmed but like that sucks because it's her and she's a dick you know now that you think now that you mention it broseph uh in reality we should probably send the hero down and, and negate any kind of adventure that we should have uh she seems far more qualified in any particular sense than we could possibly be to do anything really to help dumb jim no i don't like that plan and i just start walking off like i storm off <laughs> with or without him i'm giving you no are the, natalie you are absolutely the most persuasive man on the box uh <laughs> i'm with you my friend so it sounds like um brosif and Dadabro might want to grab their own adventuring gear and do so without being noticed by Natalie. Is that what's going on here? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I, I own, uh, oh, yeah, Broseph owns a, uh, a short sword yep. and some studded armor that looks like a polo shirt. Uh-huh. And he wears it most of the time. Um, but he, yeah, in the morning show, he wouldn't have it on. So he just wants to get back to his little shack, grab mm-hmm. his equipment and try not to be noticed by his annoying big sister. Brilliant. Well, given the uproar around the broken snow globe, um, I'm going to give you advantage on your stealth roll to do that. What about um, what about uh, Dadabro? Do you have equipment similarly that you want to get without being noticed? Really? I mean, Dadabro just spends a good 10 to 15 minutes looking for his keys, uh, and then <laughs> that's pretty much it. Nice. All right. Well, let's have a let's have a, a of stealth roll then. Yeah, with advantage. That's with 11. advantage. Yep. There's chickens running around, getting in the way. There's people yeah. running to, to hear about this scandal of the broken snow globe. Yeah, it's only 11. Okay. Cool. That's good. That's It's over 10. Um, so you you don't make anything worse for yourself as you're kind of creeping by. Actually, as you're creeping by um, your uh, rooms, going to your shack, you um, get very close to the room, Natalie's room, Natalie's old room that is kept for her, obviously. And um, you Mom have to go really, <laughs> you have to go very carefully and slowly when you go past there because you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be noticed. But as you are going past, you hear a voice from inside Natalie's room. Um, you think it's Natalie's voice, but it doesn't like the there's something a bit weird about the song that she is singing to herself. She's singing the song to herself. And it goes I doop doop doom, I do be do, I love being me, I love being me, shake my big boom, I doom doom doom, doodly do 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 do. Got a mental note to come back and talk to her about that. 
<laughs> if, Sorry, if... I missed that. I missed that. What did, how did the song go? <laughs> it's moved on to a um to a different verse now, I'm afraid, Stephen. You'll just have to fill in the <laughs> fill in the blanks. If listen listeners to want to post. send in their own verses to Natalie's song, please feel free and I'll splice them into the episode in retrospect. Um love a fan art. Fan email Natalie's song at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I don't know if that's a real address. It probably is. Uh excellent. Cool, cool. So you go, um, you get your stuff, meet up with Databro at the edge of town. Um, there's like a, a chicken sitting on Databro's shoulder. Keeping just just watching, and um, you arrive together. Is there any last thing that you want to do before you head off towards the great green devil face? Um, was just like oh. <clears throat> I, I rolled an investigation check and I got a four, so he hasn't found his keys yet. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's like, Go. you know what, guys? I'm just going to have to climb to the window. Uh, as far as I know, no one locks the windows in this house. You can hear anything right through them. So. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's uh, let's get on with it. I also want to, on the record that um, uh, Leap slash Dumb Jim has with him a chicken, a live chicken. Oh, right. Cool. Okay. Donna, bro, did, but like, when we were leaving town, did it just feel like there was one left, less chicken than usual? <laughs> Something was you know off. What? Brosev, you're absolutely right. I was a little bit unnerved by the lack of a single chicken feeling uh you know what i think i think that's a there's a story for another day maybe another adventure we could get up to when we get back the mystery of the other chicken in fact now there's two missing chickens this is beginning to become quite the crime spree content writes itself <laughs> except that i have to write it which is very unfortunate all right off we go cool and as you um head off towards the devil mouth you can hear the voice from the town square of jen this is Jen, Queen of the Evening, stepping in in the morning to bring you the story of the stolen snow globe. And as her um, voice fills the town, you get out of earshot and make your way after dumb Jim. So, Jim, you are at the entrance. Torch in hand. Torch in um, hand. <clears throat> so a couple of steps in. Mm-hmm. Um, not many, and sort of bends down and gets the chicken out of his bag, out of his backpack, and just sort of puts puts the chicken down on the on the floor, and and right, okay, chicken, off you go, and um, pushes the chicken forward, um, and then I guess waves the torch a little bit so the chicken just runs ahead, um. <laughs> Uh, sort of mutters, and Jim just sort of is on his own, so he feels free to talk to himself. Nice. Uh, well, good, let me let me tell you a bit about chicken run. Um, it's a chicken run. <laughs> what you're seeing up ahead is the as the chicken advances um, away from the fire into the into the dark tunnel before you. Um, you can see up ahead uh, colors. You can see beautiful colors. So the stone, there's kind of bare stone alongside you, um, but not too far into this tunnel. It is covered over with plaster, and the plaster is in turn painted. It's decorated with incredible frescoes. You can see um, trees and waterfalls and animals and faces and just um, strange arcane designs, just this this amazing 
plethora of images it's almost overwhelming this kind of um this beauty it's very old-fashioned it's that's it just feels like you're stepping back in time stepping back hundreds of years um Is there underfoot, anything familiar? Uh, nothing for, for stands out as familiar to you, no. But then again, you don't remember very much of anything, so it, it's hard to say. Underfoot, the chickens, uh, little chicken chicken feet, uh, scrabbling onto stonework that starts to shine and glitter in the torchlight. The stone is kind of this rainbow mosaic, um, different colours sweeping and wending into each other. Uh, it's all been carefully arranged. It's not random. It, it just just looks like you're walking into a um, a rainbow. It actually, sounds too ordered and too structured. It's more like a um, a vomit of color. You can't keep track of it. Almost psychedelic, um, but it's this overwhelming sense of color and structure and image just fills the. Uh, space ahead of you with this chicken kind of waggling its uh its wings as it tries to stay a little bit away from your uh your fire as you advance um there is a uh presence next to you and you see stepping through the wall is cam is well here there elite what's uh, this all about then cam Yep, I'm doing my thing. Well, Walking I've asked into... some oracles. Yep. I can tell you that you're uh, in the body of uh, Jiminy. Jiminy ain't much of nothing. He's an undistinguished laborer slash digger slash sometime carpenter. His only claim to fame that I can see, according to the oracles, is uh, he says that once upon a time he swallowed a fairy by mistake, something to do with riding a horse too fast. He lives in the village of Chicken, which is about as undistinguished as Jiminy is himself. It's no place. You're no place, nowhere at all. So at a fairy, nowhere and nowhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's where you are, and that's what's going on. And, well, I don't have the foggiest what you're meant to be doing here. Do you have any idea? Well, that's just great, because I'm in a nobody living nowhere. Trying to walk into a tomb, probably to my death. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I, I got no way to be anywhere else. Um, seems to me there are a whole village of people that they could have been put into instead of this guy. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's a mistake. Maybe I need <laughs> to jump out. What do you say? Want to take over? Sorry, Something. son. I don't think it works like that. Well then, I guess I just rush at the first thing I find. Hope that lets me out, right? Good. Well, good luck. I'll keep an eye on you best I can. So Looks like your uh, chicken's trying to get out. And sure enough, the chicken is kind of turned around and is trying to get past you. Um, it's flapping up towards your, towards your face. I think what I would like from you is an animal handling role to see how well you can wrangle this chicken. Oh, absolutely. That's a seven. Seven. Um, you're pretty good at animal handling. Some some Jiminy chicken skills are coming to the fore here. It's not going to live get you in chicken without knowing chickens. Yeah, it's going to get you through through to uh, through to the ten that will stop things becoming difficult for you. So um, the chicken is not being very cooperative, but it's still ahead of you as you advance into this horrible tomb, um, this mysterious environment. 
Um, is Cam still there? Uh, Cam is, uh, yeah, he is still there at the moment. Okay. And I'm just going to sort of like talk talk about him as though he's not there. And now he can hear me. It's like, great. So you came in to tell me nothing of value. Wonderful. Tell me a name I already knew. Tell me where I'm from, from a village I already know the name of. Cool. So why are you around again? <laughs> How can you help me? Give me something I can use. Well, I, I wish I could. I wish so I mean, too. I thought that I honestly, I thought I would be of more use to you when you landed in these kind of situations. But you've landed in someone completely undistinguished. There's not much I can do about that. Cool. How about you walk on ahead and tell me what I need to do then, huh? Make yourself useful. No, it doesn't work like that. I'm going to be blipping on out of here any moment now. I, it takes a lot of my energy to appear even this long, and it's hard for me to even perceive what's around you. You're my focal point. Weep. You're the only thing that I can see that's leading me through all this. So, um, I hope you find what you need to find, and I hope you uh, give Jiminy whatever he needs to let that memory pop out of you. I'll um, catch you later. Unless I don't. Hope you make it. Good luck, son. And as he pops away, Jiminy will leap. Just like, hope you make it. Unless you don't. Oh, good luck, son. <laughs> like, <laughs> muttering under his breath, cursing and not very, not very well. I don't think he knows that many curses yet. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so you um you advance carefully deeper into the yep. term. It sounds like you're you're kind of being slow and methodical and yeah, careful. Yeah, he's got a torch. Being... He's got the torch. The yep. torch is he's using the torch to control the chicken um in his sort of left hand. And in his right yep. hand, um he's holding the, the short sword. Um cool. sort of All right. Yeah. Well your slow progress means that um Dadabro and Brosif are probably gonna be arriving on the scene any moment. I will I'll let Tom and um Brad introduce themselves whenever you want to arrive. You just you just yell out. But for now I'm gonna let you know something that you notice as you advance into the tunnel. On the right-hand wall as you advance, there is a um, kind of painted image of two jackal-headed figures, two jackal-headed humans, really, and they are both standing in profile and holding between them a bronze chest, except the bronze chest they are holding is not painted on. It's actually a bronze object that has been lodged into the wall, into the plasterwork, and sticks out from the wall um so there's this little bronze chest stuck on the wall of course all of the colors the mosaics the um plaster extends ahead of you into the darkness as far as your torchlight will will let you see all right um leap stops mm -hmm. looks around um Looks at the bronze chest picture thing, raising. Um, shrugs, walks on and stops. <laughs> Comes back and looks at the bronze chest. Yeah. And uh, uh, sort of stands to an angle from it, so not straight away, not straight on. Picks yeah. up a, a stone from, sort of chips off a stone from the the, the floor, throws it at yeah. the chest. The stone bounces off the corner of the chest. The lid kind of pops up as if it was spring-loaded to reveal inside. Well, you need to kind of stretch a little bit to see inside. 
and you can see that um, there's like a little raised central uh, circle, like a um, little raised bit inside, and on that is a, a key. And the key looks like it's made of iron or something quite heavy, and it's just sitting on that little raised bit in the middle of the um, in the middle of the chest. And then suddenly, from uh, from in the darkness, you ah, you found my keys. <laughs> I did. and uh, uh, it turns. I turn around and throw my dagger at the noise. On here, <laughs> it's just like it's like a reflex. I throw my dagger towards towards the noise because I'm just like on heightened alert. All right, um, uh, Jim spins around as as you are approaching Dadabro and Brosif. Jim, with this swiftness and surety of action that seems very unfamiliar. Um, he spins, and suddenly there is a blade flying through the air towards you. Um, wow! All right, make a make a um, make an attack roll. I think, um, Stephen. Yeah, that's or, a uh, thirteen, um, unmodified. Right. Um, how is that going to be towards uh, <laughs> towards Dutterbro? Uh, so, so what would you get, Stephen? Thirteen. One, three. Thirteen. Uh, well, his AC is exactly thirteen, so that is uh, going to hit him. Um... I think because it's bang on, what I'm going to do is um, give you a uh, a chance, Stephen, to um, pull your uh, pull your throw at the last minute. But if you choose to do that. To roll the consequence that I'm oh. going to say is that you um, kind of knock knock the chest that has the key inside it and lose any delicacy that you had interacting with it. Uh, no, well, I, I think I think it's because it'll be coming in from the back, so it'll be backlit. Mm-hmm. And I won't see. It'll be like a, I'll throw it. I'll realize yeah. after I've thrown it. Right. I think that's how it works. I just because I can't okay. see I, the voice will, will register. Yeah, late because That's new to this world. Late. Yeah. All right. Well, shall I? Shall I roll damage for the dagger, or do you want to roll damage for the dagger? Uh, I can roll damage. That feels fair. I can roll damage. What? What? Okay. What? What d- damage roll am I doing? I'm um, just roll a d4. D4. Shit, daughter, bro. I think somebody just got hit with a dagger. It, it sounds like it's it. a four. Ooh, this just in. This dagger into my arm. Oh. <laughs> Always the professional. Wait, wow. Whoa, is that that you did it, bro? No, it, it's someone else with this exact same voice, dumb Jim. God, I can really see why we call you dumb Jim. Snuck- in what world is it to throw a dagger at a random voice you've heard in the darkness? What world do you sneak up on somebody with <laughs> coming into a tomb of horrors? You left us a note, sir. You left us a note telling us that you were going to go in here and you weren't expecting us to follow you. Good God. I'm going to go for Dumber Jim. And you took a chicken, too. Hey, hey, look, I've been around chicken, the village of chicken, long enough to know that everyone is allowed one chicken. That's, that's got to <laughs> yes. be a rule, right? Uh, yes, Jim, but uh, if you took a look at it, I don't think it's yours. And Dadabro uh, walks over, picks up the chicken, and looks underneath it, and it's got, like, Frank Andy. underneath it. Yeah, Andy. Andy, yeah, Andy <laughs> in permanent ink. Uh, and uh, he goes, now I'm going to leave this here so that you don't cause any more damage to the fine folk of Andy. 
And uh, and so he puts <laughs> uh, puts the chicken down and draws a line in front of its uh, head. It puts the beak into the sand and then puts it, draws a line in front of it so it's hypnotized. Uh, and it's just going to stay there until the line of, is broken. All right, using your powers of chicken hypnosis to um, <laughs> to manage the situation. Uh, well, cool. You're standing in the in the dim light. There's a torch flickering. Um, uh, Dadabro, you've you've been hit by this um, this dagger. It's uh, has it drawn blood from you? Like obviously, it's it's hurt you. It's taken some hit points off. But what what is the nature of you being hit? What does it look like? Um. It doesn't look good. He, he's um, yeah. sitting there. He's, he's like, oh, this feels like it took about half of my life away. Oh, gosh, that's quite painful. Oh, I'm not feeling good. Not oh feeling God. this one at all. Oh, uh, maybe squishy. I'm, I'm going to do a tourniquet. I think you're supposed to do a tourniquet on this. I, ooh, ooh. Oh, no, no, I'm not supposed to bend it backwards either. I'm just going to try and stretch it out. No, that makes it a lot worse. Ooh. I, I feel like I want to know right. um, how Brosif is reacting to this. Uh, Brosif, of course, is is not the most talkative of characters. So um, let's let's give you a chance to share your thoughts, Brosif. What is... Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm human, so my eyesight in the dark isn't that great. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bit con- I'm concerned that, you know, my, my mentor and hero just got hurt but at the same time he said tourniquet and i'm seeing a key in a box and i'm thinking he says turn a key so i'm going straight for that key to grab it like without i'm just like oh you want the key is that gonna help and i just reach out and grab this iron key <laughs> with my brilliant stupid Correct. human hands <laughs> cool is this Excellent. what you wanted and i'm just waving it around <laughs> cool so you you um reach in you take the key you hold it you uh, are waving it around happily as um you wave it the little cylinder that it was sitting on um clicks and starts sinking into the floor and um kind of unbeknownst to you you're not paying attention to that i think maybe uh leap you you see the key you turn your yep, eyes and you yep. see that the little cylinder is reacting and as it does so, this is, suddenly that's the floor, not a good sound. <laughs> the floor underneath you, and um, underneath uh, underneath Brosif as well, just suddenly begins to fall really quickly. I would like a uh, dexterity saving throw from the two of you, please. Have my character sheet yet? Nope, no character sheet for you just yet. Twelve for me. 12 for you brilliant um wait what ah oh, that digital dice is misleading i thought it was on an 18 nope four so four. Six, six total <laughs> oh dear <laughs> as the floor opens up and and goes down beneath you you have the sickening lurch in your stomach brosif as you fall down into this this pit this dank pit and you land with a crunch down below can you roll a six-sided dice for me because that's the number of hit points you're going to take as you smash into the floor down there sorry just have to change my online die roller uh, that is a five. Oh my gosh, ow. All right, so there is a, a big um, impact as you land hard on the stone. Um, and you kind of wincingly look up and you can see the light of a 
fiery torch up above being held by um dumb jim dumb jim you are falling down into this pit but you are falling really slowly falling gently and slowly and you see flying in circles around you as you are falling down is that little shining light that little fairy as you descend as light as a feather to land on the stone floor alongside your your friend ah excellent that was fun should we, should we do that again uh, i think i like hurt my head or something because i'm seeing weird things flying around you and i'd i might need to see a healer yeah i um i don't know if that's gonna happen you see the the sign outside said Tomb of Horrors, and I think I think this is the tomb. Oh no. Uh well, I mean, can we get out of here? Like out of this hole? Um The little the little flying fairy goes up above you, Jim, leap, and you kind of glance up and you see it float up and it's hovering above you and beckoning. Just beckoning. Come, come. I follow the fairy. Jump. Right. Jump. Oh, you take hold of um of your poor injured friend as you do that? I uh, After I jump, I think, to reach down and grab him. But it's not a, not a first thought. I do grab him. Okay. You crouch down and then you leap up following the fairy. Your hand snatches out and grabs hold of um, Broseph by the collar and you fly up almost crashing into the ceiling of the corridor and you land, you smoothly, Broseph less smoothly on the mosaic floor. Um, you're out of the pit and uh, yeah, the little little floaty fairy thing, It's uh, you just have that dreamlike sense of nothing being quite real and then... Um, you're yeah, you're in the corridor. You're with your with your uh, companions. Jim, you can fly, dude. Uh, Jim uh, looks at his at bro and Broseph and um, turns back and heads back in towards the the tomb. Doesn't say anything. Oh man, this is gonna be some great material for the show. <laughs> hey, Dutterbro, bro, you get in this? All right, let's go. Follow him. See what else he can do. <laughs> All right. Uh, where's where's the chicken? The chicken gone? The chicken? Oh, the chicken was hypnotized. That's right. Yeah. Are you coming, Chicky bro? <laughs> I, I think um, uh, Jim slash Lee sort of just as he walks past the chicken, just kicks the kicks the line. Is mm-hmm. the chicken keep coming? This will come in handy. Yep. <laughs> as you um make your way down the down the corridor, making your way deeper into the tomb, the um paint on either side of the wall is uh, uh it's beautiful and illustrative either side of you um Brosif is um kind of close alongside you Dutterbro is kind of wincing a bit further back and uh you now and then out of the corner of your eye you see this kind of little fairy image but it's it's never entirely clear and then suddenly underfoot the floor just gives out as you stumbled into another pit trap but Again, you can just kind of jump and step quick enough to land on the other side, revealing this big gaping hole that uh, Broseph, you pull up short before you fall into that one. Um, 
Jim turns around uh, and just looks at both. Uh, at talk, well, looks looks surprised and just says, "Your friend's pretty hurt. You guys should go back." And just carry, turns around and keeps walking. I think we should all go back. Like we came to get you out of here because we're not supposed to be here. I think I'm supposed to be here without turning around. Just does that and hopes the echo carries it back. Just, oh man, dude. Oh well, this is gonna hurt. As you um, advance deeper into the tomb, you see up ahead the light of your torch. Um, There's a, a chicken kind of scratching around your feet. Illuminates two portals, two very different portals. The um, ordinary one is to the right. There's a big metal door. And um, the metal door has um, uh, just no markings on it. It's just iron and it is, um, it's not rusted. It's very old. It's scuffed and dark. But it stands out because it's not covered with the paintings and the colours that you see on all the other surfaces around here. So there's that big door off to the right. In front of you is a much more interesting and dramatic looking portal. It is an archway. An archway of coloured stones. And each stone has a slightly different glowing hue. And within the archway, there is more light. Glowing filigrees of mist play in this open space. It looks like a, um, a waterfall of colour ahead of you. You don't know what is on the other side of this archway, of this portal. You can't see anything um, except the colours playing all beautifully in front of you. Oh, pretty. And yeah, Broseph's just going to walk right up to it and start like running his hands up and down it like trying to see what it feels like like rubbing a, a wall um, are you 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 touching the the colored kind of yeah, misty stuff like in the, the space misty tendrils yeah nice as your your hand kind of goes into the misty tendrils and the mist reacts it starts kind of playing um like when you drag a hand through water how you leave ripples or you wave a hand through smoke it reacts only it doesn't just um, kind of trail away from your fingers but it starts to chase after them little sparks start dancing around with the end of your fingers it's like it's alive somehow, it's beautiful it's going to giggle with a childish excitement nice uh, as um, uh, Broseph's hands sort of get closer to it, is there, a, is there a door handle or something on the gate, is there like a handle do you just sort of walk, does it look like you so the archway in front of you is, is just open with mist right. in it. The iron door to your right has um, no no handle that you can see, but it does have a little keyhole. Yeah. I um, watch him for a second and then turn over and uh, grab the key from his other hand, which I presume is still holding it, and um, go and open, put the key in the lock and say... Not too quietly. Hey, you got to try this, dude. I'm going this way, and then um, you're lost. Then just walk through the gate. You're going through <laughs> the uh, going through the iron gate. 
through the iron gate while uh, <laughs> um while Brosif is enjoying the the crazy mist. And I think I lock the gate behind me. Oh. I think it, it's he's just like these guys don't seem helpful. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, bro, you should try this. And it's like, yeah, this isn't a good idea. Um, so I think he just but he leaves the key in the lock. So it's kind of like it. if they can figure this out, then I guess they've, they they can come. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell you what what you're going to find on the on the other side on this um, the other side of the middle door shortly. I'll just stick with uh, Brosif and Dadabro. Dadabro, you um, catch up to Brosif at this amazing misty archway with. Um, colored lights playing around Brosif's hands as he kind of trails them in and through the mist, like dipping his hands into a into a paddling pool. Um, so there's this big, beautiful archway in the front, and uh, Jim has gone through an iron door to the side and pulled it closed behind him. And the chicken's standing on the ground, kind of looking this way and that. Right, uh, well, uh, I see you've found something more important to do than nurse me back to health, so uh, I guess we'll um, I guess we'll go back to your party days. You've you got to try this, man. You, you could, like, talk about it on the show. I've never felt anything like it. Way! <laughs> and uh, Dadabro reaches up and, and, and runs his hand through it. He's like, you know what? This is pretty sweet. This reminds me of that time we licked the wrong chicken. That's right. Uh, hey, uh, did did you see where uh, where, where's where's Jim? Uh, no, I was too busy focusing on this gigantic hole that he opened up in my body. <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> All right. Can I have from both of you, please? A uh, dexterity saving throw. Oh no! Oh god! Ah, uh, that's a twenty-two. Twenty-two, brilliant. Dirty twenty. Dirty twenty, outstanding. As you are um, interacting with the with the lights and the mist, suddenly there are these long, dark limbs that reach out through the lights and grab hold of your arms their long fingers just wrap around your your forearms but before they can get fully tightened you're quick enough to whip your hands away to pull back from these things and the arms disappear into the mysterious lights once again not cool sorry to leave, it, sorry to leave you hanging boys but uh <laughs> no the only high five that i take is the high five i get of every morning inhaling the right chicken <laughs> Brilliant. Then, um, as you are reacting, you hear a voice echoing down the corridor behind you. And that voice is that of Natalie. And Natalie says, Are you idiots in here? Are you idiots in here? No, we're not here. Define idiots. <laughs> Look. Just stay put. I'm coming to get you. I think we should move. 
let's not do anything she says. She's a dick. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, we'll we'll leave you kind of next to this this gate with the mist and whatever's on the other side of it. Um, as like, there's only a, one other way to go that you found, and it's been locked from the other side. So, um, I'm not sure exactly where you think you might be going, but you've got a minute to think about it while we jump over to Leap's point of view, uh, walking down a corridor on the other side as careful as ever, Leap. And um, as you are advancing, you can see the light from your torch um, shines ahead and uh, yeah, it picks out the end of this little corridor and sitting on the end is a chest, a um, big stone chest with a um, like a stone lid that you would lift off to see what's within it. Um, and uh yeah it looks kind of unremarkable and unprotected up in front of you so um i guess leap just walks up to the chest looks at it looks around as as you are walking closer to the chest and you get very close to the chest suddenly the floor beneath you begins to tip as though it was um suspended halfway and begins to ramp downwards uh, like a seesaw going, and you see as it begins to go down, a burst of flame erupts in front of you. You're about to be tipped down and dumped into this um, pile of fire. There's, uh, there's coals, there's something, it's so hot. Let's have a dexterity saving throw from you. Absolutely. how quickly you can react. Oh, that's a natural 20. Natural 20, brilliant. Um, you... <laughs> you pick up speed as um, the ramp goes and jump and then land alongside this chest. You land alongside it. Oh. Was the chicken with me? Did the chicken, is the chicken okay? And the chicken's out with the other two. Okay, okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't get crispy. Yeah. All right, so I guess I um, turns around and looks at the chest. Um, shrugs and says, well, here goes nothing. And um, gives the chest a bit of a kick, just a cautious kick. And then when nothing happens, nothing opens happens, the lid. Toe. Opens yep. the lid. Cool. You lift off the lid and you look inside. And sitting inside, there is a, um, a little unrolled bit of cloth on the stone. And sitting on the stone, there is... Um, it's like a little metal tube, and it you can you can just sense maybe it's something to do with that little fairy. It's hard to say, but you can sense there's magic in this tube. It's powerful, and alongside it there is an open scroll, and on the scroll, written in um, in pen and ink. There's a message, and the message says, this will help you when you leap. I, I, I pick them up, take them. All right. You've scooped them out of the chest, and you turn, and you look back along the corridor, and that big fiery mess that you were interacting with before, it's not there anymore. In fact, the iron door that you had locked on the other side that's only about an arm's reach away it's like you haven't 
gone any distance at all from where you were. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's feeling a bit sort of this message is to help you when you leap. His first thought is obviously to when, when he's leaping between well, from one of from his last adventure to this and thinks, oh god, I've got another one coming up, haven't I? And somebody left this for me, and it's weird. Um, and uh, opens the gate and goes back out to. Um, oh, Ooh, there's nowhere right, well, else. There's I've... nowhere else to go, is there? In the room, it's just. It's just. No, that, there's nowhere else to go. go. Awesome. So as you go to open that gate, let's um, jump out to the other two, and I think this is this is going to be the end of our episode. So let's find out what happens with uh, Brosif and Dadabro as um, you hear the sounds of Natalie advancing down the corridor towards you. Um, you both the the light from this weird misty glowing gate is all that is illuminating this end of the corridor for you because the um torch went off with um with jim in the side passage so the two of you um talk what are what are you gonna do as natalie gets closer and closer and there's also a chicken i want to lean over to Dadabro yep. and whisper um like a loud stage whisper because mm-hmm. i'm not that bright I'm just like, hey, like, um, do you think we should kill her? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say, probably not. Uh, this is your sister, local town hero, and as far as I know, pretty innocent person. Uh, unless that beholder was, you know, Jesus. Well, beholder Jesus, which as we all know, uh, is the greatest beholder. He beheld for all our sins. Yeah, we all know the stories. Yeah. Well, like, think about it. She's a big hero. If if she's gone, we'll be the heroes. That's how that works, right? Uh, no, I don't think it's uh, Highlander rules here. Highlander being, of course, the uh, beholder that she killed. Uh, so, no, I'm not sure that's how it works. Uh, I don't think we get her hero if we take, if we kill her. And also, honestly, uh, you know, Bruce, if this is a sign of you I wasn't expecting to see uh, you advocating for the murder of your sister and a local hero. I'm just jazzed about the mist wall. <laughs> Deadly. Push her into it. See what happens. <laughs> you know what? You know what? This does remind me of the time you tried cinnamon for the first time and tried to murder your family. Oh, she's right here. Oh, uh, hey, Natalie. Uh, we were just talking about somebody else. So Natalie comes into view from the light from the um from the misty gate. And she shakes her head and she says, Did I or did I not warn you about coming in here? Did I or that's did a, I not warn you about this? And I want to yeah, push that's a re- investigate. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna try and push her into the gate? Yeah. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> yep. All right. Um give give us a uh hmm. I think it's it's just going to be a grapple, right? It's going to be a grapple. Okay, so athletics. Athletics, yeah. Oh, mint. 19. 19. All right. <laughs> cool. You grab onto your sister. As you grab onto your sister, um, and you try and move her towards the towards the gate, she shakes her head and says, Oh, it really wasn't supposed to go down like this. 
and as she does so suddenly she looks really different like all of her outer image falls away from her and she is a lot taller and she's a lot hairier and she looks like a great big bear that fills the corridor in front of you and she's wearing a green waistcoat and like a little top hat and she says sorry guys I did warn you, like I said, and now you just gotta go. And there is suddenly this huge gust of wind that blasts the two of you through the gate, into the mists, into the arms of whatever was waiting beyond there. And I think as you go flying through the mists, that's where we're going to draw an end to this episode of Dungeon Leap. We'll find out what you see when you open that, that door in the next episode's time so that brings us to an end thank you Stephen thank you Tom and uh thank you Brad and thank you me and thank you to the frog that interrupted our recording um yeah, sorry guys good luck to us all bye this was Dungeon Leap The Leap of Horrors Part 2 with Tom Adams Brad Zimmerman and Stephen Youngblood as Leap featuring Jules Bergeser as the mysterious voice thanks to Alexi Action for music and Nomi Kubomi for sounds if you've just discovered us with Dungeon Leap check out the Diceratops Presents archive there's so much cool stuff there to explore thanks for the mentions on socials it's a huge deal for us a huge help same with reviews hit us up thank you thank you Diceratops is proud to be part of Kim Fakuto or Aotearoa Kiwi RPG. Say hi on the socials, we're Diceratops NZ. We sometimes do emails, sign up at our website, Diceratops.nz. I am Morgan Davy, we are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone. <laughs>